Hey everybody, this is Brendan Gersall and you are listening to the Speaking of Podcast. Today we're talking about meditation as we continue our conversations on spiritual disciplines in a series of talks called Old Ways for New Days where we're looking at how these time-tested practices can really help us in our day-to-day lives. First, I'm going to read an article I wrote on meditation and then about 15 minutes in, if you want to skip ahead, if you've already read it, you can join me in a conversation with my friends, Anthony Moore, and Dan Lamus as we talk all about meditation. Here it is. Have you ever heard the term selective hearing? You might have said it in regards to someone you're close to, or maybe someone has claimed that you have this distinct power that allows you to, quote, not hear something or someone at any given moment. My mother seemed to think I had a real natural ability to tune out of some things and tune into some others. She was adamant about the fact that I had selective hearing throughout my childhood and teen years, and interestingly enough, my wife has verified that this ability of mine is carried with force into my adulthood. To top it off, the gift of selective hearing is so substantial in me that it is now passed from generation to generation and dwells in not one, but all three of my beloved children. In reality, in the Ingersoll household, selective hearing is and has been an irritant. It isn't often celebrated and is generally discouraged. Selective hearing is frowned upon because the ability is rarely harnessed in a way that leaves parents or wives overly thrilled. Usually, frustration and annoyance are the result of this mysterious power. I suspect if you have ever used the term or had it used in your direction, it wasn't for the purpose of affirmation but as a passive-aggressive correction. In most families and most households, selective hearing is discouraged because it's evidence of tuning out important transmissions of communication. However, selective hearing doesn't necessarily imply adverse effects. It can be an asset if used to tune into what's most important. In the kingdom of God, the ability to selectively hear is one of the most life-giving, necessary, potent skills we can develop. Selective hearing is not only encouraged in the family of God, it's essential. The ability to select what we hear is without a doubt an integral part of following Jesus, and it's one of the most time-tested practices of a believer since the earliest days of the church. Christians through the centuries have had another term for selective hearing. They called it the discipline of meditation or contemplation. Christian meditation is the practice of intentional listening. It is the art of selective hearing of the Word of God. The Bible tells us that faith is the master key to the life of the kingdom, and that through faith we access all the grace of God made available to us through King Jesus. Yet, there is another necessary key in the overall equation of the life of Christ, and that key is hearing. The Bible is clear. Faith is the essential currency in the kingdom life, but to obtain faith or accumulate it, you are going to need the ability to listen to what God is saying. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, Romans ten seventeen. The type of hearing the Bible talks about isn't just registering something in your eardrums or your spirit, but biblical listening refers to the act of hearing or obtaining and holding or obeying God's word. We know in our own experiences that it's possible to hear but not hear. It's possible to register a sound but not truly listen, or further still, to have heard loud and clear and simply choose to let go of or dismiss what we heard in outright indifference or defiance. The Bible stresses that the key to Christian selective hearing is choosing to seek to hear God's word and then to hold on to it, to obey it, to do it, no matter the cost. 
Hearing and holding are two sides of the same kingdom coin called hearing, according to the Bible. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, James 1.22. When we learn the art of hearing the word of God and obeying the will of God, the simple discipline has the power to change everything in us, for us, through us, and around us. It is impossible to overstate the premium the Bible places on the importance of hearing and holding God's word. Learning to meditate on God's word is, of all the disciplines, perhaps the most crucial. The book of Genesis reveals that sin and the dysfunction, destruction, and death that comes with it gained entry to the creation through human inability to listen to the right voice. Creation literally broke because the first man and first woman heard and held on to the wrong voices, the voice of the devil and the voice of their desires. They failed because they tuned out the voice of God. Think about how the devil targeted humanity. He challenged their ability to listen. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The devil called into question what God had actually said and how well the man and woman did at not only hearing, obtaining, God's word, but holding on to it or obeying. It would not be an overstatement to say that the ability to hear the word of God is the difference between eternal life and catastrophe. From the beginning, scripture shows that an inability to obtain and obey God's word brings curse and disaster upon the created order. However, the scriptures not only outline the problems of not listening, but it very quickly shows us the power of using selective hearing for zeroing in on God's voice. The success stories in Scripture are all cases of the power of listening. The life of Moses, the great hero of the Old Testament, deliverer of the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, the bringer of the Torah, demonstrates the power, possibility, and blessing of being one who hears and obeys God's word. It was Moses who heard the voice coming from a bush that was on fire but not being consumed. Many Jewish scholars claim the detail about the bush not being consumed is indicative of the fact that the bush had been burning for a long time and that Moses had been contemplating the peculiarity of the bush, that it hadn't burned up. The point being, Moses was listening when others possibly weren't. Some commentators feel that Moses might not have been the only person who passed by the bush. He may have just been the one who stopped long enough to hear the voice come from within it. It was this voice that Moses would learn to hear and obey, leading him to become the leader of a revolution and at the forefront of some of the most incredible acts of God in recorded history. Plagues in Egypt, parting the sea, provision in the wilderness, water from a rock, healing a nation of venomous snakes, war victories, all because this man had learned the art of hearing the voice of God and holding on to what he said no matter the cost. The Bible reveals to us that Moses' life was extraordinary because he was proficient in conversing with God. He had mastered the art of selective hearing, selecting to hear God above all else and any other. Exodus 33.11 says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. In contrast to a lifetime of blessing that comes from listening, Moses' story ends in tragic disappointment because he didn't get to enter the promised land for, you guessed it, failing to listen. The difference between blessings and curses, freedom and bondage, life and death, promotion and setbacks, overcoming and being overcome, according to the Bible, is our capacity to hear the word of the Lord and hold on to it in obedient, expectant faith. That's selective hearing. Psalm 1 begins the entire collection of poems and songs with a centering proclamation, a promise of blessing to live by. 
Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on the law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, they prosper. What an incredible promise of enduring, everlasting, flourishing, fruitful life for the one who learns how to meditate on the law 24-7. This psalm both paints a picture and makes a promise for the discipline of meditation. The promise is prosperity. The picture is intentional, continual focus on God's word. In the Hebrew language, the word meditate translates to murmur. To murmur repeatedly under one's breath is the way the Hebrew word meditate literally translates in this passage. The picture the psalmist paints is one who is so locked in on God's word, he just keeps regurgitating and mumbling, murmuring, proclaiming, and singing what God has said. It's the promise and picture of a person who is listening, hearing, holding, and in this case, chewing on God's word. Of course, the greatest biblical case for the discipline of meditation comes in the person of Jesus. In even a cursory read through the Gospels, you will find the emergence of the theme of Jesus' constant habit of focusing on God the Father and what he was saying and doing. We are told he had the habit of withdrawing to quiet and lonely places. There's one reason you withdraw to quiet, lonely places, and that is to listen. Jesus' ability to constantly hear or obtain the voice of the Father in his life is evidenced not only through his brilliant teaching, knowledge, power, and authority he consistently exercised, but his complete unwillingness to move off the explicit direction from his Father. Jesus wouldn't do anything he didn't first hear from the Father. John twelve forty nine says, I have not spoken on my own, but the Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. Jesus says in John 5:19, "Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does." Perhaps the starkest and most stunning example of Jesus' ability to meditate on the word is in the garden of Gethsemane, when he cried out for a change of course, only to hear nothing in reply. Hearing nothing wasn't an invitation for Jesus to improvise or invent it meant that he would have to hold on to what god had already said and be obedient to that even in the face of something as daunting as the cross the utter darkness terror and anxiety of the night in gethsemane couldn't distract jesus from his focus on the voice of god he chose to hear and hold god's word always and only that's selective hearing Thankfully for us all, Jesus listened and obeyed to the very end, launching a whole new world of possibility, life, liberty, prosperity, meaning, and freedom for all who would come after. It wouldn't be an overstatement to say the gospel of Jesus is the good news of how Jesus heard and held the word in all the ways we as humans have been incapable of, purchasing us forgiveness and life in the process. Okay, this sounds right, it sounds great, but how do we do it? Who doesn't want to be like a tree whose leaf doesn't wither and prospers in everything they do? But what does the discipline of meditation look like when we walk it out? How do we do it and how do we practice selective hearing? First, before we unpack what it is, let's make sure we clear up what it isn't. First, you need to know this. Christian meditation is very different than Eastern meditation. This is no doubt an oversimplistic explanation, but for our purposes, it would be helpful to understand that the primary objective in most forms of Eastern meditation is about clearing out yourself, your mind, and your thoughts. It's an effort to empty, to let go, to cast away anxious thoughts or cluttered, chaotic minds. This practice isn't all bad, but it only accomplishes half of what Christian meditation sets out to do. 
As in Eastern meditation, the Christian does seek to cast out anxious thoughts, clear the clutter and chaos from the mind. However, an empty self and a clear mind are only a part of the process. The objective is incomplete at this point. It's only after you let go of the chaotic thoughts and words in the mind that you are able to take hold of God's word. Christian meditation isn't just about detaching from earthly things, but it seeks to take hold of heavenly things. In fact, Jesus warns us that just because you are successful in emptying out space, it doesn't mean you stand to be healthy or empowered from that. In fact, he said, if you don't fill that now empty space intentionally with the truth, power, and presence of Almighty God, you're liable to be worse off than you were before with new, more intense, more chaotic realities entering in. See Matthew twelve forty three to 45 The practice of Christian meditation seeks to detach from earthly concerns so that we can take hold of heavenly peace. Christian meditation or contemplation looks to empty the mind, the soul, the spirit, or the chaos of our lives, and then to be filled with the order of God's word and the power of his life. Second, Christian meditation is very different than the modern practice of mindfulness. Another discipline that is gaining significant popularity in our day is mindfulness, which, like Eastern meditation, could be easily mistaken for Christian meditation. In the same way, Eastern meditation is only half of the picture of the power of Christian contemplation. Modern mindfulness is only a partial truth as well. Mindfulness seeks to take back control over how scattered and chaotic our minds can become in our day-to-day lives. Mindfulness is essentially a tool for strengthening and ordering our thoughts through intense focus. This tool helps build presence, awareness, control over our thoughts, etc. However, much like Eastern meditation, mindfulness only accomplishes a part of what Christian meditation does. In the Christian discipline, it too is a tool of focus, but the tool isn't the end. It's the means. Mindfulness seeks focus for the benefit of focus. Christian meditation asks the question, is what I'm focusing on the right thing? When we practice mindfulness, we are sharpening our focus on one thing. But what if the one thing only creates more anxiety, questions, and chaos in the end? When we practice mindfulness, we are confronting reality, yes, but what if the reality is horrible and hopeless? Through Christian meditation, we get to focus on what is better, what is lasting, what is true, what is praiseworthy, and what is lovely. The benefits of focusing on God's Word and the reality of God's kingdom far outweigh that of a little mental gymnastics. When we think on the things of heaven, we are filled and fueled with hope, joy, power, peace, and actual reality that comes from heaven. Our focus is only as powerful as that on which we are focused. Christian meditation locks in on the everlasting, all-powerful, unstoppable reality of God's word. There is nothing as beneficial in the life of a believer as learning to meditate, contemplate, fixate on the Word of God. The art of selective hearing for a believer is a game changer. So what's next? How do we begin to practice this discipline? What do we do and how do we understand it and work it out? Here's a few thoughts. Number one, meditation is our work to hear the Word of God. Meditation is about focusing on God's Word through the act of listening. There are a few ways to do that. We do it through solitude, we do it through scripture, we do it through relationships, and we do it through environments. Whatever the case, it's crucial that we realize that when it comes to meditation, the primary objective is hearing. There are a number of ways, places, and times we can listen. The trick is learning what it takes for you to hear 
how to zero in on that heavenly frequency and how to mitigate all the competing sounds so that we can have consistent moments in our lives like Elijah where that still small voice of God brings us the healing, help, and hope we need every day and every season. Number two, meditation is our work to hold God's word. The second part of meditation after we have heard the word is holding on to that word in faith. And it looks like obedience. This is where the rubber meets the road when the word is tested. A seed that is planted in the ground only grows if it stays planted. The same is true of the word of God when we hear it. The question is, can we hold on when life comes and tests us, pushing us, pushing back against us when we've heard? Meditation isn't just hearing, it's doing. It's about obeying and obsessively focusing on the promise or proclamation of God in spite of what you might see or feel. Practically speaking, there are a few ways we can hold on to God's word. First, the word is held in our heads, in our minds. Second, the word is held in our hearts, our emotions. Third, the word is held in our hands, in our actions. This discipline will be a constant challenge, but as you work it out, you will begin to see some of these immediate benefits. Number one, you're going to find it's helpful for insight. When we set aside significant time to listen, not only does God speak, but he often says the exact thing we needed to hear about ourselves, our world, a decision we need to make, or a situation we are trying to navigate. Second, it's good for healing intimacy. God's word is food for the soul, healing salve, a fresh wind for the sails of our lives. Listening builds intimacy in any relationship. The same is true with God. Only when God gets close, anything is possible. Third, it gives us holy imagination. Through meditation, God often shows us secret and hidden things. He can reform our imagination and expectation to see the greater, the better, the unseen, and the eternal. Finally, it gives us heaven's increase. Every parent knows the key for a child to unlock more responsibility and freedom is listening and obeying. The same is true with God. The kingdom kids who seem to have the most are generally the ones who have learned to listen the best. God doesn't have favorites, but he does have favor. Listening accesses it. Here are three practical steps to step up your meditation game. Number one, clear out a time and a place and then focus on breathing for five to ten minutes. Simply focus on inhaling and exhaling. As competing thoughts come to mind, push back and focus on breathing. After you've done this, say out loud, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Or say, Good morning, Holy Spirit, I'm here. It doesn't matter what you say. What matters is that you clear a space and a time and then clear your mind and finally invite the Lord to speak. Sometimes you'll hear something, sometimes you won't. The point is the practice. Let God worry about where and how he chooses to speak. It will happen, and when it does, it will be glorious. Just stick with it. Number two, meditate through memorization. Pick a verse and be memorizing it at all times. This simple practice can keep the word front and center, as well as get it into your heart and spirit. Every believer should have a growing amount of scripture memorized. It's a crucial practice. Why not start by seeing if you can memorize Psalm 1? Number three, Fight to form a habit of simple obedience. There's no trick or hack for this one. Just simply do according to what God has said and watch the life and joy that comes from this habit. May you learn the art of selective hearing. May you, like Moses, become friends with God through constant communion. 
May you, O sheep, learn the voice of the shepherd like never before, and may you find he leads you to greener pastures and the freshest still water you've ever imagined. Welcome to the Speaking of podcast. This is a conversation today. We are speaking of meditation, Christian meditation, and I'm here with two of my brothers, uh, no strangers to the show, Dan Lamus. Hey, What's everybody. Up? Doing and, good. And uh, the one and only Anthony Moore. Good morning. Oh, it's a good radio voice. Yes, it Sounds is. Sounds good. Mm. Those, the people who are listening good only morning, and baby. not watching, it's a, <laughs> it's a voice for radio right yes, there. Yes, sir. That's, right. That's very good. Well, gentlemen, we're talking about meditation. We're doing this little uh, mini series of conversations surrounding some articles I've been writing about spiritual disciplines and mm-hmm. talking about uh, calling it old ways for new days and just rediscovering some of these time-tested practices. Uh, we are in a bit of a, a unique year here, it being 2020. <laughs> a bit. A bit. A bit of a unique year. It's a bit of a unique one. Yeah. So thought it'd be good to just for our church community and anybody who's uh, tuning in beyond to, to talk about these things. And maybe this is a great time to dust off some of these things that... Yeah. Didn't just work for our grandparents and great grandparents, mm-hmm. but seemed to get Christians through plagues and persecution and world wars yep. and all all kinds of trials and difficulties. So yeah, they seem time tested. So we're talking about meditation. I've been and I use sort of the terminology selective hearing, and I tried to flip it uh, to be a positive. But let's speak yeah, about it in, in its kind of true sense. Uh, do either of you guys have selective hearing? If I were to if I were to talk to your wife, hmm. do you have the art the the talent of selective hearing? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it has a time span of about um, about ninety seconds, probably okay. at times two minutes, three minutes tops, where I can actually focus on what she's actually saying. Right. Then I go into the art of enjoying watching her mouth move and. <laughs> I'm having all kinds of conversations in my head with all my other buddies <laughs> until she asks me a question, yeah. and I'm like, "Could you just repeat that? I'm not really mm. sure." Has your wife has your has your wife ever said, "Say back to me what I just said"? Have you mm. ever have you ever been quizzed? Uh, yeah, I have. I fail. Sure. I fail those tests most sure. of the time. Mm. Yeah, but uh, so maybe that's not a good platform to launch into <laughs> us as experts on hearing oh, God. Oh, my soul. I know. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I use that term because it, it's, it doesn't have to be negative. In fact, yeah. the ability to select what we hear really is at the heart of, of this whole thing, you know, and uh, it, the challenge of life is figuring out what to listen to and what not to, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. I found that empowering in the way you flipped that. I wasn't sure where you were going to go with it, but then when you flipped it to, you know what, you can use that as a tool, mm-hmm. that was that was pretty empowering right. to say, wow, okay, so I actually have, a, to some people, an unknown, undiscovered ability to focus. We can be intentional about that. Right. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, think, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought, the, I thought it was really interesting. Like, I just wrote down the power of choice, right? Like, so I think that... Right. I think that, you know, um, I'm going to say there are times, and I'm going to say this is probably true for everybody and to varying degrees, but the power of, uh, I would say that lots of people don't know they have the power of choice, thereby making them uh, sort of at the mercy of whatever they're listening to. Right. Sort of, sort of ignorant to the power that they have to actually choose 
who and what they listen to. Uh, and that that's a reality that we, and actually it's a, it's a power. <laughs> yeah. Superpower that we have. It's actually just, it's a, it's an ability that we have. We don't know it, but yet it's true about us. When you say that, what came to mind, there's a passage in James where he says like, um, you know, you're tossed around by, by like the, the waves of life. I forget where it is. This, and then he uses that analogy. Like you're, you're basically just untethered and mm-hmm. you're, you're just being thrown around. And I think that's honestly a lot of our lives. We just sort of, whatever words, whatever we heard that mm-hmm. day, whether it was bad news, whether mm-hmm. it was an insult, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it was, uh, maybe the whisper of desires that might not actually be beneficial. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a great picture of the difference of learning you know how to zero in on what god has said and finding that to be even like an anchor yeah Yeah. i'm glad you brought that up because something i've learned is just because something true and right comes into my space where i could hear it doesn't mean i'm going to hear it like i could be around the truth Mm -hmm. i could read the truth i could be around it and still choose to not listen to it and that scripture in James speaks to me of that, that when you ask God for wisdom, you have to grab onto it and believe it, right? or you will be blown and tossed by the wind right? and the waves. It's not because, and, and I think this is so intriguing, it's not that James is saying all the other ideas and things out there are bad, right? but he's saying you've asked for wisdom, so when it comes to you, grab onto it and be and be stable in that. He right. says the mm-hmm. man who won't grab onto it is unstable in all his ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you could That's be a, a great word. person and be unstable. Yeah. Totally. I'm looking I mean in my in my weaker moments I'm looking for something to just grab a hold of my brain and do it for me. Right. But God's saying, no, 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 that's not the way I created humans. You need to partner with me that when I bring wisdom you need to grab onto it right. and make it yours. That's where stability is. Yes. Sometimes we want to see it. No, the stability is in the idea. Right. But God's saying, no. It's in the it's I in want the to strengthen your ability to hold on to it. Yeah. I yeah. think isn't mm-hmm. and this seems to be a theme as I get thinking about these spiritual disciplines. And as this came up in my conversation with AJ Pleasure and um, is like, I think the one of the big fights we have as Christians is – and just we just want to take a passive role in life, mm-hmm. right? We, yeah. we just want to we want to kind of go with the flow, mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately, no nothing good actually comes from being passive. It's it's mm-hmm. all the flow the flow of life, the flow of fruitfulness, the flow of the kingdom. Even I mean, right from the beginning, you see in Genesis, Genesis, God like God created through 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 action like it's, and god said let there be light and mm-hmm. pff, there was light like everything is action reaction and for us for us to have like stable lives as, as you're speaking about like it, it requires us being proactive mm-hmm. it, it, we can't we can't be hands off in this and it and that comes down to I mean, the where the rubber meets the road with hearing hearing god is like we have got to learn how to how to actually do this practice it's not something that's just going to it's just going to magically happen it has right. to be honed right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think i think the just one thing that came to mind is just the parable that jesus is talking about just the wise man and the foolish man right that everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is a wise man yeah. right. he builds his house on the rock right. 
But so so the it's not just the hearing, but it's actually doing something with that. It's Puts actually right. practice. It's actually some kind of uh, it provokes some kind of action, whether that's you know that is you know uh, how I how I go about my day. But it is it's more than just that. It's actually if I'm intentionally giving myself to to um, to dwelling on to chewing on the word, and it actually in that in of itself in the meditation of it then thereby reshapes my worldview. It reshapes how I, how I look at things, uh, how I talk to people. It just reshapes everything about me. If I actually will, will spend the time in, you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, on the day-to-day and practically, it doesn't have to be the whole thing. It's actually just a nugget. It could be just a nugget of wisdom from the word that he speaks into us. And right. if we actually take that thing, begin to process it, begin to chew on it. What does it mean to love my enemies? What does it mean to pray for those who persecute me? Things like that. What does it actually mean to be able to dev- and ha- help that shape? You know, the, when I chew on it, then I be- then it be- starts to shape me. Right. right? It has to. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know if actually, like, I, the angle I took on meditation or contemplation, I don't know if that's like if that like lines up perfectly even with with how people have tackled it christians have tackled it in the past but i i chose to kind of couple mm-hmm. hearing and holding like mm-hmm. obtaining a word but yes. actually obeying it and because right. I, I think yeah. i think you can't you you can't see the fulfillment of of the word unless you actually take hold of of it and and walk it out in Correct. faith like i don't i don't think you can actually separate the two Correct. but but it takes that intentionality of you know, it's not just getting figuring out how to hear. It's like a two. It's like yeah. this is a two part practice. Yeah, and and that's why Jesus at the end of the Sermon on the Mount said, like anybody who a hears my word and b puts it into practice, mm-hmm. he is like a man who has built his house on a rock, and the rain came. Right, like yeah. like that. You can't separate the two. And I don't, don't you find in this maybe a tangent, but don't you find so often in the kingdom life, like there are there are like things that we would say. Um, you know, are are it's either or, and right. and but and yet in God's in God's world, uh, it's both and. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's either you can either be a gracious person or a person who stands on truth, but you can't do both. Like, or you can mm-hmm. either be a person who, you know, uh, what, what's another duality that we often have? Like, um, you know, well, e- even with this, it's like I think sometimes people will lean toward. Uh, just separating these two things and like, you know, you need to learn how to hear the word and then obedience is this other conversation to have, but in right. actuality, Jesus pairs mm-hmm. them together. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that is to me, that is mature stuff you're talking about. But I, I think when it comes to the fact that we have been created to glorify God, um, I often think about the word magical versus the word miraculous. Hmm. Like like living with God, being awakened by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus, and then living a life, that's miraculous. Yeah. It's not magical. I think people right. want to take the magic pill of God's Word, the myth, the mythological magical pill right. of God's Word, mm. and it's just going to happen. Right. right. Oh, my soul. Like, right. I took a pill last night, woke up this morning, I'm a completely <laughs> different person. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see, talk, to me, talk to me at noon. We'll right. see how different you are. Right. You know, in in reality, it's miraculous, but the miracle of it is, I mean, this sounds simplistic, but it's the same type of miracle as planting a seed, 
watering it, letting yes. the sun affect it, letting the ground affect it, and then you know a couple weeks later, six weeks later, you see some result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's miraculous yeah. in the same way that hearing and holding the word, yeah. like doing something with it, is miraculous in your life. Where I'm going with this is until I existed, nobody was intrigued by how is God's word going to get reflected in Dan Lamus's life. Right. In somehow in God's sovereign decision, I was born in 1962. Yes, everybody, it is true. That's how long I've been around. And then I became a thing. Yeah. And then from that point until this, others have been watching my mm-hmm. life and yours, everybody's. There's somebody watching everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Seeing, you know, what's coming of this person's life. God's word gets reflected in that life as that person partners with it. Right. It's not the accumulation of all the words I've ever heard. It's actually the accumulation of how I've partnered with that word. Right. Mm-hmm. Through the failures, mm-hmm. through the successes, yeah. through the blunders, through the screw-ups, through the successful things I've done, how have I partnered with the truth? Like right. How have I taken that and said, okay, I just failed. Where is God in this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just succeeded. Where's God? You know, you get yes. what I'm saying there. That yep. it's we, we live in. I mean, we live in a time where I mean, you read you read some of the things that Paul was. I mean, he spent a lot of time. A lot of his letters were written at an angle that were really tackling Gnosticism. This mm. this I it was basically mm. like this um, philosophy that that tr- basically separates spirit and matter. Yeah, and basically says like that all matter is bad. And that mm-hmm. spirit is good, and that God is going to basically remove matter, and that the end game is so that you know yeah, you you, you of, can yeah. you can attain perfection, and you'll do that when you die. Your spirit's going to go to heaven, and yeah. you actually see that that philosophy very very much at play in the in twenty first century mm-hmm. in the church, and mm-hmm. I think we all fight it to some degree, and that's where that passivity comes from where it keeps us from back to your point realizing that no this is a life that okay yeah a seed a seed was planted that that there was a there was a miracle there's a there's a miracle of potential yep the miracles in potential yeah mm-hmm. and that it wasn't until that potential was was be, begin like harnessed yep that that real life began yeah. and i think i think there's this tendency in so many of us as christians to sort of view the the christian life as this thing that that that, that happens there then mm-hmm. instead of here now and that right. it's something that i have to cultivate yep. in myself it's not my pastor's job it's not my brother's job it's not my friend's job mm-hmm. my life is as good as i'm willing to to cultivate yeah. it in yeah. faith i think that i think the the i think the duality there is that you know at the point of salvation you are a new man Right, but the full and man or woman, right, a new creation in Christ. Mm-hmm. But the but there is that part of the fullness of that has yet to bear itself out mm-hmm. in you. Yeah. It's that process and the shaping, right? So I think mm. that is there is there's that duality, right? Like yeah. in that in that moment, there is that power of transformation where Jesus comes and he he the old man dies and the new man right. is is present now where mm-hmm. you are a new creation. But again, like the how that bears itself out is exactly like a seed that goes and it still has to grow. It yeah. still has to develop. You are not your complete your complete self 
in that moment, right? It's interesting you, you mentioned that scripture because that, 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 that really jarred, jarred something in my mind when you said you're a new creation, right? Where it says like in Second Corinthians, it says anyone who's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. When, when we hear that, I'll at least speak for myself, and I suspect some Christians listening probably feel the same. When I hear that, I feel like that's something that like God wants me to believe as though like in spite of what I see, I'm a new creation, Mm-hmm. Um, and that like, yes, in Jesus, I, I am the righteousness of God, you know, righteousness of God in Christ. I, I believe mm-hmm. all that, mm-hmm. but maybe, maybe when, when Paul says, you know, you're a new creation, maybe, maybe again. Yeah. But it's seed form. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like, you know, when I, when I, when I read that, I'm like, I'm supposed to believe that I'm a finished product. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's kind of where my mind goes. And I mm-hmm. wonder if actually like, again, it's, it's seed form. It's. You, you, there was a seed that was was planted of this new new life, which has, which has massive potential to to be incredible, and yet you may or may not ever actually, you know, mm-hmm. actualize that. It's like, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately about, you know, trying to get myself excited, and this is a great tangent we're on. Let's keep going mm-hmm. for a minute, but trying to get myself really excited about the potential of me as a as a human being blood bought by Jesus you know invited to follow him be transformed by him you know like it, like it jarred me a few weeks ago and I thought about like Jesus you know it's it's Jesus wants me to be like him yes and I actually need to hear that yeah. as not just some impossible standard that I could never keep and I, I yeah. think mm-hmm. I I think I when I hear that that's the first place my head goes is well I know me Right. Yeah. It's like, I, <laughs> yeah, I can't be like him. Yeah. Like I, yeah. he's right. perfect in every way. And I think that's the crazy invitation of all this. This is what yeah. C.S. Lewis is getting at when he said, if you saw, you know, if you saw who, you know, if you follow Jesus on into eternity, who mm-hmm. he's going to make you into being, if you could see the, the, the year 10,967 version mm-hmm. of Anthony after he's followed Jesus yep. for, for 10 millennia, right now you'd be tempted to bow down and worship him because right. mm. he'd be so glorious. Right. 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 And it's like, I just short sell the invitation because of my own insecurity mm-hmm. and yep. self of inadequacy. And then that, what that sidelines me mm-hmm. and I take a passive role in my faith. Yep. And even, even circling back to uh, meditation, like even what we've just been saying, what the word says about who we are, that we are a new creation, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that those things, like those things, like the enemy is going to try and take those things from you. Right. He's going to try with you, with, you know, with the, the weaknesses, with the shortcomings, with the, the failures, He's going to try and take those things from you. He's going to try and and trick you into believing that 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 actually isn't a true reality. Right. Right. And so if he can get us to forfeit that truth, he's already taken us into a place of where we're not in alignment with his word. We're actually we exchanged the truth for a lie. Right. Right. And therefore, that's that lie is is going to bear fruit in our. It's going to bear itself out in a destructive way, right? So if we actually meditate on those things, even just those two things, right? And the, there's a myriad and there's a, a, a plethora of, of those kinds Good of things. Word. There's truths in the Bible that there's actually, if we hold on to them and we meditate them and let them bear themselves out and we hold on to them, even, even in the face where, like, in the face of my failure, right? 
no, I actually am, that I am a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Yeah. You know, I, I all of those things, if I hold on to those things, even in the face of my failure, then the truth will begin to bear itself out and the transformation then you know yes. bears itself out as well yeah that's yeah. i think we're, we're striking on something that probably bears more conversation at some point but yeah there's like there's that like not just hearing god's word as something that's aspirational right but something that's actual mm-hmm. that we're supposed to walk in by faith and see it begin to grow something new mm-hmm. in our in our actual mm-hmm. experience so and i want to yeah. say too uh just even what you said that he is like the invitation and even the trajectory right this is something that I find that uh, over the years I have found myself like if I it's not something that's a front and center that we that our destiny is to be like him right mm-hmm. right and that's impossible right but you know it's impossible for me to do it but Christ in me the hope of glory like it's possible in that in that frame it is possible with by the Holy Spirit working, working it out in me, right? It is possible. It's but it's only possible through that way. Right. It's not possible in my own effort. It is impossible, but it is possible through Christ. Yes. Right? As, and again though, as we proactively take hold of that life yes. in faith. Yeah. And I think that's the big distinction. Yeah. I I think we need, it, especially now. Like I, I really feel like, you know, you take twenty twenty. Um, you, you know, as of the time of this recording, there's still like, you know, as far as large scale gatherings, that's still highly complicated and not really happening. Mm-hmm. You know, the Christian life, as so many people have known it, is in flux. Um, and yet I feel like there's this invitation to for us to learn how to cultivate a life that's not contingent on mm-hmm. going to a service, yes. hearing a word preached and yet not really doing a whole lot with it beyond in that moment. If I'm stirred in that moment, but mm-hmm. I wonder if God's forcing the church in this season to learn how to be disciples mm-hmm. yes. and, to, and, to, and to create communities of disciples and uh-huh. figure out what it looks like to, to walk it out in real time. I think you're, what you're saying is important too. I actually think that it will be a marker of those uh, who survived this season. Like, I think that will be a key, like the the ones who learn to grab hold of the word for themselves, take hold of it for themselves, wrestle with it for themselves, yeah. chew on it for themselves. That will be a marker of those who actually uh, make it out of on the other side of this season in a healthy way. Yeah, I all agree. Right, so, all right. So I have a word for the word from the Lord for you guys, a Two-word phrase, two-word word from God. Okay. Here it is. You ready? Yeah. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the Lord is saying, yes. saying in the midst of COVID, in the midst of all the turmoil, turmoil in the world right now, globally, he's saying to the church, mm-hmm. pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talk about con- contemplative spirituality. What contemplating is, is paying attention. That's it's good. about yes. what you are paying attention to in the middle of whatever is going on. It's good. And I believe God is saying, church, pay attention. Yeah. There's something mm-hmm. I wanted to press in on what you were on what you were saying, Anthony. I feel like we talk about those words uh possible mm-hmm. and potential and can happen. And unfortunately people start treating being like Jesus as a hobby. 
Right. right. Like being like oh. Jesus is like a special version yep. of Christianity. Yep. Um, it's an elective. Yeah, like like wow. oh hey, if you're really into this, yeah, like like yeah. a what? tiered yeah. system. Yes. Let me let me kind, let yeah. me turn you on to this. You mm-hmm. could be like class. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but it isn't a hobby. Yep. Yes. God, when He says pay attention, I feel He's also saying pay attention to how this has to be. Like you have to become like Jesus. Oh man. Yes. Like yep. like you are a son or daughter of God in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is not a hobby. Mm-hmm. I'm saying to you, you have to become like Jesus in order yeah. to partner with me. There's mm-hmm. like in order to attain, be part of God's best right now in our time, you have to become like Jesus. Yeah. It is not an optional thing. And it is about paying attention. And and I, I think people miss this when it comes to meditation. It's not so you can discover something cool. Right. That's, yes. It's actually that you're able to pay attention to reality. Like yes. God is in reality. Yes. Uh, and everything else is unreality. So the things that we get used to, you know, we, uh, we talk about, you know, uh, his sheep know his voice. And mm-hmm. we are his sheep. You know, mm-hmm. Sheep know the shepherd voice and they will not follow, follow another that's true, but if you're a shepherd, you have to train those sheep to follow your voice. Yeah, right? sure. <laughs> and it's almost like this make it up and something weird, but I'm just going <laughs> to say it. It's like in Christ, you have the ability to step back from yourself and train yourself like you're a sheep. It's yeah. like you train a certain part of you for sure to pay attention. Yeah, because there is a part of you that pays attention to something in every moment. Yes, mm-hmm. and yes. so God is saying, I want to. I want you to work with me. <laughs> Follow me here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that I've had lots of coffee already. Um, but, but but work with me, Dan Lamus, on training your mind and your soul to pay attention to me. Yes. I need your help. Mm-hmm. I need the awakened you, Dan, in mm-hmm. Christ, to help the rest of you pay attention to me in this. And yeah. actually, uh, like I love what you said: um, hearing, holding, chewing on God's word. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. hey. Let me go another step forward. Don't spit it out afterwards. Right. Swallow mm-hmm. it. Let yeah. it become you. When you eat a piece of chicken yeah. and you chew that and you take it in, it becomes part of you yeah. in mm-hmm. some right. funny way. Yeah, your body. Yeah. So his word becomes part of you and you become this person like Jesus, Anthony. Like You, you become yeah. like Jesus mm-hmm. yeah. in that you're ready to partner with God. So it's, right. not, it's way more than a hobby. That's yes. where I'm going with no, it. It's, it's, is who we have yeah. to be, or we're just going to be sitting by? Hey, let's let's face it. We may perish if we don't. Yeah, yeah. like it's serious. Like it's not yeah, for sure. We're not playing here. Like this is reality. Yeah, and I think that's like uh, if I if I could just throw in a, just a, a commentary on Western Christianity that it has largely become because the stakes. Let me just say, uh, the perceived stakes are too low, right? For that, and Ooh. that's that's actually Ooh. allowed us. It's actually allowed us to to let ourselves off the hook yep. Yep. and allowed it to become a hobby when right. the 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 actual in reality the stakes are the highest and yeah. therefore even what you were talking about Dan is that it's actually not a hobby it's actually everything hmm. right that it is right. the 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 foundation it's at the core of who we are why we're here uh, and what we, you know what we've been placed here yes. to do it's mm. actually there there in in that little sphere in you know it's the it's the thing in which we must dive into to actually discover those things right yeah yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. that's huge. Uh, so let's let's zoom in here a little bit on this conversation because I think I think we're hitting sort of the philosophical, which is super helpful. But let's so. And we love it. Yes. Come on. Let's face it. The three of us could stay up there and never touch the ground again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But let's let's bring it down. Like, why why is hearing God such a challenge? Like, Mm. why is it such a challenge? And does it have to be? Oh, that's good. That's a good question. I don't know. Ask Adam and Eve. It's really hard. (laughs) I think it is. It is hard. Yeah, it is. I think it comes down to choice, right? Again, back to the choosing part, right? is that there there has always been an alternative to hearing God's voice. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's it's trusting in, you know, I guess it is part of that is like learning to trust uh that that God is good and that he is uh he is who he says he is and his words are life and they mm-hmm. bear life. Right. So and you know the in the middle of that too there is some unpleasantness, right? There is there's dying to yourself, right? It's that's that's an invitation. That's a massive invitation over this whole thing. Is that I don't get to I don't get to I don't get to tickle or allow what tickles my ears uh to right. actually rule my life. I can and that will be destructive, but I need to allow even even to the point of uh discipline correction, right? Uh that it will actually uh in those in that pruning it will actually shape something that will actually uh, uh, bear itself out into uh, something greater, right? right? Mm. Yes. Mm. Do you think it's possible to you know to go to go to try to how do I say this? Um, is it sometimes I wonder if I'm actually not looking to hear God. I'm looking to hear God say what I want to hear. Correct. I'm, Ooh, I'm, look, yes. I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm looking to hear me, mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. God for God to yeah. what? Uh, God, to I can't affirm hear that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I want God to be to testify to Brent's word mm-hmm. is what I actually want. Correct. And mm-hmm. I wonder if that's kind of at the heart even of that that quasi Christianity that all of us have been prone to. Is that like we, especially in the West, we come to, we come to faith. You know, I, I came to get a word. Mm-hmm. Well, did you come to get God's word, or did you come to get a word that, um, you know, is gonna is gonna make you feel better? Because because again, I think there's a, there's a there's a yieldedness required mm-hmm. to if it's gonna actually be God's word. And I wonder if that's one of the reasons why we have such a struggle to really hear the word of God is what we're really trying to do is fine tune our own thoughts and our own hearing Mm -hmm. to ourselves and using, I mean, I I can remember, I can remember many times looking through the Bible to find things to justify my, my behavior. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's very possible to, again, begin to allow the word of God to be twisted and contorted and, and, shifted or shaped or maybe even isolated because mm-hmm. you see that a lot with proof texting it's incredible what people can say the bible says right mm-hmm. um that it doesn't you um, know yeah i i just love to jump in here and say that uh people meditation christian meditation uh it's an invitation to um to discover uh discover how amazing this person is that God has created. Uh, Christian meditation, one of the things that 
takes you a little bit of a uh, it takes you a bit of time to get an appetite for it because when you start meditating on the Word of God, uh, you, you become if you if you don't watch it, you're tempted to almost turn around and be in awe of yourself because of the way you can function. So where I'm going with this is that um, that there's a Wow, I'm losing my train of thought. I should have had a little more that coffee. Never it's happens. there. That oh never my soul! Happens. It's uh, gonna come back the minute hey, we start. Hey everybody, I love me right now. This <laughs> yeah. is a favorite moment of mine when yeah. I lose my train of thought in the middle of my own awesomeness. Uh, that, Why don't you guys carry on? Back. We will come back well, to it. It'll probably come back as soon as I I, I shift the conversation. <laughs> That's what happens. But um, like so, so it's it's complicated. It it's back. Okay. Do you want me to go? Yeah, for go ahead. Thank you, everybody, for your patience. But the the condition of our heart before God affects our hearing. That's where I was going to go. With yes, it. That, that's that, good. I'm glad that came back. <laughs> there's precedent throughout the Word of God that your inability to hear, because we're not talking about physical hearing, right? Like we're mm-hmm. talking about that inner being hearing from God. That your inability to hear is directly related to the condition of your heart. Jesus spoke in Isaiah. Actually, quoted Isaiah. Yeah, that can yes. Like the, the hardness, the callousness, the hardness of your heart has created your inability to hear. Well, and you think you think uh, what came to mind when you said that was uh, when Jesus goes into Nazareth, he goes into the synagogue, he opens up the scroll of Isaiah mm. and he says, mm-hmm. like, you know, I've come to, to bring sight to the blind, yeah. freedom to the captive. And he goes, today, this is accomplished in your hearing. Yeah. And they didn't hear him. Right. Mm-hmm. They actually, they heard something else. They mm-hmm. heard, they heard, this is threatening us. Yeah. Or who does this guy think he is? Right. Mm-hmm. And they chased him, they chased him out. Right. Which speaks to your point. That's what they wanted to hear. Right. They, they were, they were threatened. Uh, so they, they would be more reassured to say, well, this guy's, a, this guy's a heretic anyway. Right. Like yeah. he's actually not speaking the truth in we do that. Like we're hearing something that threatens us or isn't what we want to hear. And we say, oh, God, I can't hear you. So let's get into the prophetic here for a minute. All right. Because mm-hmm. we want to. So we're talking about the difficulty of hearing God. And uh, because so oftentimes we, we, we actually just want to hear what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but Which I'll, is hardness of heart. Yes. Yeah. But I would say that the times that the Lord has spoken to me like prophetically mm-hmm. is he's spoken to a deeper wanting. And mm. so like, so a lot of the time we, we, we are, we hear what we think we want to hear. And yet there's been times where I've had, I've had God speak to me that spoke to a deeper longing inside of me mm. that, w- that was actually beyond the surface where I was actually working with. Right. Yes. So it's like, wow. I don't want to hear this or I do want to hear wow. this. And then I've had someone speak to something mm-hmm. where it's like, like for instance, I, I've told this story in sermons before, there's a time I was, I was really starting to burn out and, and just had, had a, a prophetic word spoken over me, just like where, where, where um, you know, heard the word of the Lord just say, I enjoy you, mm-hmm. right? And right. Like for whatever reason, that hit me at such a deep yes. level because there was a longing inside of me that just wanted to be, yep. to be validated in a deep, deep way. Mm-hmm. And, and I was striving mm-hmm. to hear good job from Anthony or good job on Facebook or good right. job at the back when I preached a sermon or whatever. Yep. And mm-hmm. yet that's what I thought I wanted. But yep. what I really wanted was to hear, I like you yep. from God. Yeah. yeah. And yep. it's like, that's the, that's the, to me, that's where the devil kind of does his deep work is he gets us working at this surface level mm-hmm. 
where this is what I think I want to hear. Right. Yeah. And if we could just learn to trust God on what he, that he actually knows what I really want to hear, even yes. when I, when I don't, and I'm not even hearing the deep, right. There's a cry in your soul. Yeah. That is longing to hear something. Yes. That's yeah. beyond just the, the cravings of your body or even the things in your mm-hmm. mind. Does that make sense? That's absolutely true. Yeah, totally. I think, uh, one of the things that just strikes me is that just that, that, that really is like, you're just, you're hitting on something so important uh, in that, and I just, I just feel like just it's the levels of which that the that the Lord actually works. It's, it's sort of the the miracle, like that we we see it often, like and Jesus knowing their thoughts, right? Like he, yes, he 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 has a way of operating that we as humans, whatever right wrong, it's just kind of the way we tend to operate is that we we're, we're very much taste. We're five senses, yeah, right? Like yes. tactile. Yeah. It's yeah. what it's surface level, um, and it's only. But Jesus is often like getting at the root. He'll always go at the root. Right. He's always yeah. he's never, even when it seems like he's addressing the surface, he's actually getting at the root. And I mm-hmm. think that's something that's really important. And even hearing the word of God is that to know, and even the processing that we might hear something on the surface, like this happens. This has happened to me more and more over the years, and it's that I might hear something on the surface. It may land in my mind a certain way, but it may land in my spirit a different way. Right. Right. And I go like, that's blowing my mind right now. But my, yet my spirit is so alive that like it's, it's doing jumping jacks. Like we've, we've, I've said that Mm -hmm. conversation before where you're actually, your spirit is doing something different than even what your mind can actually. So you've learned, you've learned to hear. And that's one of the things I think as Christians, and we can get Mm -hmm. into some of the practical ways, but we have to learn that hearing isn't just something that happens in your eardrums. Correct. And it's not just something that even just happens in your mind, but, but God's given you multiple hearing faculties, Correct. Mm-hmm. right? Your, your spirit, um, your, your gut. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I mm-hmm. think actually there's, there's, there's little differences in all of them and you have to learn how to, how to tune those in, in the appropriate order. Yes. Right. And, yeah. and they're all valuable. Yeah. Um, so, why, like, like, let's 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 dive in a little deeper on distinguishing God's voice. Like, mm-hmm. how? Like, I think that's a, that's the key mm-hmm. of this whole deal. Is you know, we 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 realize that life is built on on your life is going to follow the the voices that you're that you're listening to. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we determine God's voice? Like Adam and Eve listen to the wrong voice, and mm-hmm. human history is is mm-hmm. records that's just a problem. How do, how, do we, how do we learn to tell God's voice from a voice of an imposter or a bad idea or you or someone else? Like, how do you, how do we learn God's voice? Yeah, that's really good. I mean, we have, we, we are so privileged and blessed to have the written word of God, to have the scriptures mm-hmm. uh, and Jesus was so clear when he was tempted to, uh, really, let's face it, the enemy came to him in the wilderness and tempted his him to doubt his identity. Mm-hmm. Like all of those temptations yep. really struck at what God had just spoken over him in his baptism. Mm. You know, <laughs> you are my son in whom I am well pleased. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, everything about you amazes me. I love you. You're mine. And then in the temptations in the wilderness, though, that was challenged, yes. right? And Jesus said, you know, Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I know Anthony's mm-hmm. dying to jump in on this, which I hope you do. <laughs> but but I just want to say that that um, that that 
we, we are so we it's it's such a privilege to have the Bible, have the scriptures. We need to start there, mm-hmm. knowing that it's not about a book. Yes, we don't worship a book. Yep, we know the living, accessible, present God is wanting to speak to us mm-hmm. using the Word. Yes, using the Bible. Yep. And so we have to start there. I mean, Jesus was familiar and and studied the scriptures. If Jesus needed to do that, we need we need to start there. Yes. We need to start there. And and so we we grab that, but I want to really emphasize there's a living God wanting to process that word into your life uh with you. And I just one, one thing I want to throw in here that that we miss because there's people listening to this right now who have already today missed a bunch of opportunities to hear God's word. Like, are you talking like, about me? Well, I was pointing <laughs> at you when I said it. I would, because that's a fact. I was pointing we, at let's, Pastor Brown. Let's just say we all have missed opportunities. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And because you know the word says um, that that in everything you do, whether word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through Him. That says to me, every experience you have is a practice where you could be hearing the word of God. Right. You mm-hmm. could be pro- you could be saying, "I know the word." This guy just cut me off in traffic. Mm-hmm. Right now, I want to have a word. Extend for him. a finger for him. I have a word for him. Yeah, right. I have a right. word for that guy. <laughs> in, in that moment, you. I mean, that right there is a practice. Right there, God is giving mm-hmm. you an opportunity to work with the word of God. Right. Like what is. What is God doing right in the middle of a situation where I just got cut off yes. in traffic? Like, we have a million moments, mm-hmm. figuratively. There isn't a million moments in a day. But anyway, yes. we have a, lots a of plethora. them every day. Yep. To, so I don't get too far off of, of yeah, this whole thing of, I just, of the bread of the Word of God, though. Yeah, I think that's important. And I think that, like, it's not—I think we—I don't know. My At least in my brain, I try to—I parse that out, and I like to, you know— compartmentalized how that works. And I, one of the things that, that just the story that I was just looking up this, that from Matthew 16, where in one moment, Jesus is commending Peter that, you know, who do you know, who do you say I am? Where Peter comes out with, uh, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Peter commends him. Right. But then in the next moment, when he's talking about his death and Peter's like, that's never going to happen. May it never be. Jesus comes out and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Mm -hmm. Like in those, in those, in that sort of that scene, you're dealing with two different words, right? right. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. dealing with, and so we say, you know, like the news is an easy target, but it's actually also friends, family. It's everyone around us, right? Right? Feelings. Has feelings. Mm-hmm. It's like there is in a moment there is there are lots of words that get spoken to us about us over us, and I think it's it's important that we that as we get to know his voice and you know just just to jump back he's it's not for him a lack of him saying anything yeah right it's actually our own ability to listen yeah but i just i think it comes back to the more that we get to know and we more that we lean into uh and we ask and we discern and we put into practice the things that he says then the more time we spend with the authentic then we can get to know the counterfeit and we're not subject to the mm-hmm. counterfeit. And I think that that's it right there, that there are lots of voices. They might actually come in, you know, two in the same moment, two things from the same person might, one might actually be, a, you know, true and one might actually be a lie. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so right. I think that right. that it's like, but but how do we do that? I think it's it's spending time. It's actually um, consuming. It's actually it's Intimacy, getting getting right? around the authentic. Yes. That actually yeah. will make us aware when we run into something authentic. Oh man. Or, or counterfeit. Yeah. Like yeah. if I trust God, I'm going to hear Him a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. Right. And like. Yep. Two or three times as you've talked, Anthony, I'm aware of how much you trust God. Like we walk mm-hmm. to, together as brothers, the yep. three of us. Mm-hmm. And Anthony, like you trust God. Like I really admire that. And I think it's one of the reasons why you hear him so clearly is you really trust mm-hmm. the heart of the Father. You trust the heart of the one speaking to you. And I think that developing that deep trust within yourself for this God, he's never going to speak a word over me that's going to be a detriment to me mm-hmm. he's not trying to destroy me mm-hmm. he's not he's never going to want something that's going to harm me mm-hmm. like that deep trust which is the intimacy like mm-hmm. spending the time giving time to being with god mm-hmm. causes you to trust what he says yes. even if it contradicts your own thoughts you say you know i'm willing to trust it because you're so good god yeah. right right so we're, we're so when it comes to discerning so you said um, you know, the, I think the starting point is learning, like what God has said, how He speaks, like almost learn, like, and that's mm-hmm. this is where the Scripture is 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 paramount. Like, yes. we have to actually know what He said. You have to know right. the Word, and He's given us that as a baseline. Yeah. You know, God, God knows that this this relationship we're cultivating with Him is is mysterious to us at times and yeah, hard yes. for us to understand. Yes, and so yeah, like the absolutely. gift the gift of the scripture that we can know Huge. what he said that there's no yep. mystery. Like yep. yes there's mystery in it but like it's there at least and we can yep. know that. And it's kind of like I think to understand the scripture as a as a starting point mm-hmm. um for us and an ending point. Like I'm not saying that's like the beginner's guide, but there's a difference when it comes to hearing the word. There's two there's two words for word in the New Testament. There's the word logos, yes. which is like it this is too simple, but this is this helps anyway. Like that it's what God has said. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's the Rhema, which like it's almost like the it's almost like the three D version. It's what's God mm-hmm. saying, saying in real time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think and in fact I don't know if you can utter if you can be very well developed in hearing the Rhema, like the whisper of the spirit or mm-hmm. the shout of the spirit, without having first learned um or like developed yeah, you know, do the, the reps the de- in the word. Develop the yeah. language. Mm-hmm. It's almost like learning yeah. a language. Yeah, yeah. Like of like, like, and yeah. if you spend enough time, like I've had this happen to me before, where I'll meet somebody that has come to the church for a while and they've heard a hundred sermons, mm-hmm. and they'll say like, "I feel like I know you, although I've never met you." Right. Right. And it's like because you've heard me talk, <laughs> right. and yes. you've heard about, and so you yeah. know, you know how I think about things. Yeah. I, I, you know, we all have that. Like mm-hmm. I can. I, like anybody have like a person that they listen to a lot. Like I think we'd be, we'd be great friends. Like mm-hmm. like me and Mal- <laughs> me and Malcolm Gladwell, man. Like I I like oh, yeah. I like his yeah. podcast and his books. I know yeah. I think I yeah. know how he thinks. So like I think, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. but that's different than me being in a relationship with him and letting him like speak to me in real time. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a. The, you know, there's the there's the baseline of the word that we need to learn, yep. like mm-hmm. what God has already said, and it mm. gives us this kind of cat, the, the categories, and the, learn to learn His language and mm-hmm. to yep. be able to. And I think it's so important that we be, we are students of the Scripture. It's yes. so important, and like the whole yep. Scripture, not just sound bites, not mm-hmm. not tweets. We have to yep. actually know the story of yes, God, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't even understand the Scripture outside of the the overall story. Like, it's, yeah, it's, right. 
It's complicated stuff, actually. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. it, can I also say that I don't think you can understand the Scripture without the Spirit of God as well. Yeah. Like, yes. And and so I think I think that like I yeah, the way that it sort of makes sense to me is that it's important that the Word of God become like gets in my head, like so from an from a pure informational standpoint, like it's actually important that the word of God gets in my head so that I can remember it and yep. recall it. And the spirit but, brings it actually right. can bring it to if mind. If it's only in the head, then we become legalistic. There's, yes. the, there's the tendency for it to become uh, legalistic. Listen, we've all seen it. We've all heard the stories, the horror stories of legalism mm -hmm. and it becomes pharisaical, but it's only when the spirit comes when we actually, and I've heard it said, and I like this is that we actually, the Bible is the only thing that requires the presence of the author in order to actually wow. fully yes. understand it. That's really like good. That to yeah. read the Bible with him, yeah. to read yes. the word with him, then it becomes not just informational, but then it makes that 18-inch that journey from the head to the heart into right. your spirit where it actually begins to work itself out. And actually, it's that's when, if, if, I, if I can sort of like, that's when you have those moments when you, you read the word uh, a million you could have read this scripture a million times and then that one time today when i read that i i saw something yep. i never saw before and it leaps <laughs> off the page yeah. and right into your it spirit arrests you and, it rests yeah. you and you're like yeah. wow god yeah. i feel like you just struck the tuning fork on the desk for yeah. us and we're all going <laughs> yeah Right. Like we're tuning in. That's yeah. that's so good. I mm. it, well, there's interplay, right? Like between yeah. between the 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 written word and the spirit. Absolutely. Like they, they, there's a the, the, again that dynamic of I don't think you can actually have mm. one without the other. This, they, yeah, the apostle Paul totally, I believe, was trying to weave that principle into his letters. Mm -hmm. I love like a great little Bible study for anybody to do would be go to Colossians chapter three. And go to Ephesians chapter five, mm -hmm. two right. le you know yes. two letters from the same apostle Paul, and those their scriptures. I can't remember the actual verses in the chapters, but in both places he says, you know, get together, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Mm -hmm. And then, but in in one in the book of Colossians he emphasizes the word of Christ. Mm. Let the word of Christ well dwell in you richly. richly. Mm -hmm. In Ephesians five, he emphasizes. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And it's in the context of the same, same scriptures. Thing. They yes. almost sound mm -hmm. identical. But in Colossians, he says the word of Christ. In Ephesians 5, he says, be filled with the Spirit, you guys. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I remember reading, an author said, if all you have is the word but no spirit, then it's just going to remain dead in you. Yes. Mm -hmm. But if, if you have all spirit and no word, then the Spirit has no way really to communicate to you. Yeah. What what he's trying to say. Yeah. It yeah. really works together. It's the language, like you said, the word gives us the language that the spirit wants to speak to us in. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's so so to to take another step then we get the language. The language is obviously the ultimate key to the discerning. But what are some other tools or like way channels that we're able to dial in and and hear? Like what are some of the things that you found most helpful in your life? You know, I know you, both of you guys are are dreamers and I'm not mm -hmm. saying that in the and maybe the, the, the standard, like you guys actually, the Lord speaks to you a lot in dreams. I've mm -hmm. had some myself as well. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you've got things like solitude, scripture, we just talked about um, being in environments where I think that's, that's the beauty of like worship gatherings is you are mm -hmm. in an environment where the spirit's at work and you're, right. you're, you're tuning in. Right. Um, what are some ways for you that 
you find most calm, like are just most personally helpful mm-hmm. for discerning God's voice. I like I like to jump in and yeah, just real quick and it. just say the community is huge. Like having brothers, mm-hmm. sisters mm-hmm. that you can Relationship. you can share what you believe you've received. Like yeah. hold it a little loosely, especially yeah. in the early days as you're learning to discern God's vo- voice. For sure, come in with maybe you've marked it down in your journal. You've taken a voice memo of a dream you had or some experience or some scripture and share it with a trusted brother or sister mm-hmm. and ask them honestly, what do you think? Right. Like, do you feel like this is legit? And then even agree together that, you know, you're going to try You're going to try applying this to your life this week and you'd like to talk about it again. But just mm. the community yeah. is so important. Yes. I don't think that I could have learned to hear God's voice without the, without the church. Like I mm-hmm. couldn't have without yeah. sharing it with brothers and sisters for sure. And even yeah. being told sometimes like, uh, I don't know, man, that's a little like out there. Yes. Hone it in a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's so valuable. It's just that fellowship, it's, which takes humility yeah. and teachability. Right. But that's mm-hmm. huge. Whatever you think you're hearing, share yeah. it with somebody before you nail it down. Right. That that yeah. was God. I, yeah. yeah. I think uh, just, just one other thing is just to write it down. Like I think uh, that, yeah, there you go. like it, it, in, in it's that same way. I think this, I, I think that it works the same way that if you either a read something you read the word and it jumps out at you you have a dream and it's significant to you someone speaks a word and you feel it's from god to write it down and begin to sort of partner with it and i just yeah. to steward it right like yeah. that's yeah. the that's a thing that that actually helps me and it turns it's the mystery of writing it down and what that actually does in your in your brain mm-hmm. in in your in your just who you are that right. it's the this it's the, really matters it actually this really matters, matters. Yeah. i don't know it's it's just the funny thing like why mm-hmm. is it why is it that i can have a dream and you know it could be powerful but f- if i don't do anything with it yes five five ten minutes later it's gone yep right and i mm-hmm. i'm like i'm like searching I, I know that i know that reality of like searching why didn't i just write yeah. that down yeah but when i write it down there's like it's a i'm sure there's a uh, uh, neuroscientist that out there that can explain what happens right yeah. through the pathways in your brain when you write it down it suddenly becomes tangible and it mm. rec- re recallable mm. almost like mm-hmm. so that you can actually go back and, and it's the same it works the same way right now i wonder if the spirit doesn't i mean again what hear me folks what you write down is not scripture mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but i wonder if in the same way this how the spirit comes and brings life to the 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 scripture when we read it Mm -hmm. that practice of i think i heard something from god right and i'm just going to be obedient and like step out here and i'm going to write this down in case i'm I'm stewarding what god is giving me and i'm posturing myself before him in a in a kind of a yielded you know holy sort of way Mm -hmm. um to write this out i think that i I think the spirit actually can come and, and give color and context to yes. yeah. what what he began. He's now, you know, again, it's that that journey, the head and the heart and that yeah, whole deal. But for sure, you know, one of the things you guys mentioned is, you know, the, the key of relationships in discerning the voice of God. I would say not just in the sense of helping, you know, hey, I think I heard this. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. But I've found and I know you guys have, too. Um, relationships are also a delivery system of the yes. word of God. It's yes. not just the discernment yeah. system. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like some of the, some of the ways that the Lord spoken to me most profoundly have been through authority figures. I trust, um, or relationships that God has put around me that 
we've chosen to have like how do I say it like you guys have permission in my life mm-hmm. to say something that you th- that you believe God is saying right and mm-hmm. we've built that we've built that on yes. ramp yeah not yeah. everybody can have that I right. mean or, or, let me say it like this I've had people come up to me after services or or, or something or other mm-hmm. and they'll say um, I, I think I have a word for you and right. I'll, I'll listen because mm-hmm. I, I want to hear if God's yep. got something but if I don't know you. Um, the spirit's probably going to have to knock me, knock me silly, for me to think mm-hmm. that this is this is the state of the Lord. And there've been many times. Yes. There's been some times where I've, a total stranger's come up. Clearly, God has given them something because they just read my mail, right. and it's mm-hmm. obviously that's from the Lord. But generally speaking, um, if if I don't have a relationship, they have a pretty small on ramp right. to speak something that that intimate and that sacred to me. Right. Yet, I think every Christian should have people in their lives where it's like you have a highway mm-hmm. like and there's there's no there's nothing blocking and we right and and you steward that relationship my wife has a highway right you guys have a highway there's and i think that's one of the ways god actually wants to speak to us is, yes. is through other people yes yeah yeah absolutely totally Agreed. totally it's like uh it's like blueberry pie Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Inside jokes happening here. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll share that story. I had I had a um, uh, a moment. Uh, this is interesting. I had a moment with um, a, a well known um, international preacher, uh, and and he prophesied over me, and he said some very. Uh, we we were at a meal, and um, it was it was right when uh, we just finished our main course and then they brought dessert out and they put these amazing pieces of blueberry pie down in front of us and he just before we got into dessert he said I just feel I need to say this to you and he spoke uh, he gave me a word and again I, I trusted the channel in the sense of I know who he is although I'm not I'm not close with this person and he gave me a word that just was like almost too much to believe mm-hmm. for me right. and i was really wrestling with it for yeah. several days like i don't yeah. know if this i don't know i yeah. don't i don't know and <laughs> and then i shared it with you i shared it i didn't share it we were we were we were meeting yeah we were having our our, our, our weekly connect and we were praying and anthony you, you had a picture come to mind mm-hmm. of of <laughs> he goes i know this is weird but i just see blueberry pie and yeah. i feel like god saying that's for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I, I gave that to you and that's right. for you. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, that was, that was like God trying to remind me or like trying to not remind me, trying to convince me yeah. to believe that that was him speaking to mm-hmm. me. And he, and he showed you my blueberry pie in your, in your yeah. spirit. Yeah. But again, I, I don't know if I didn't have that relationship with you, I probably mm-hmm. would have dismissed that word as, right. eh, I don't know. It's too big. Yeah. It's too much. But that that relational. Yeah, I'm seeing blueberry pie. Yeah, yeah. It was, don't it was know like, why. No, you go. I don't know what this means. Yeah, and I go. I do. Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that's that was exactly that's what, it. That's, it. that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's awesome, you guys. Um, any more? Any more conversations? We there was a lot. We co- I mean, that's a pretty well, robust. Uh, yeah, I article. would. I would like to throw this out there because this is an opportunity we often jump past. Your trials that you're going through, I want to I want to issue a guarantee here. If you are asking to know God's voice, I want to tell you, your hearing is heightened in the mm. middle of your trials. Hmm. Like yes. don't waste your trials. Yes. Like you're something has come along, you don't know where it came from, but it's knocked you off your feet in not a good way. Yeah. 
I want to tell you, your ears are uniquely able to hear yeah. in the middle of trials. And so don't waste them. I think God's close, right? Yeah. In like, trials. like really be open. Mark down what you hear in the middle of a trial. Yes. Totally. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the reason why I say this is because trials come to test and prove that the faith we possess is worth more than gold. Hmm. You know, like scripture is very clear about that. Yeah. Like, like don't waste your fiery trials. Yeah. Like it's, it's bringing something to the surface of you that is so good. Right. And this goes back to the trust thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to feel like God's abandoned us in trials, but really our hearing is heightened in those moments. So I just wanted to encourage yeah. somebody, somebody who's listening to this. Well, no one's going through any trials right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know it's far yeah. away from you, but, yeah. <laughs> but just don't, mm. don't assume. And this is a word that's kind of going around the church, I think even on a global scale, which I'm so grateful for. God's here to affirm and encourage us. Like God doesn't want to discourage us from going deeper in him. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of your trials, don't turn it back on yourself as if you're uniquely the problem. Like yeah. really mm-hmm. allow God to work with you in the middle of your trials. Even if you've mm-hmm. screwed up, even if you feel like, oh man, I've messed my life up like never before. In this moment right here, surrender to God and say, what would you like me to hear? Mm-hmm. Yes. And just trust it's going to be a good thing. You, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think of one thing we can know for sure about 2020 is that it, mm-hmm. it is an opportunity to be a listening season, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Where we just need, we need to listen and let the Lord speak and direct because yeah. we're heading into like, we're in unknown territory yep. Yep. and we need, it needs to be a listening opportunity. Right. It is an exactly. opp- It is a listening opportunity. Yeah. I think there's one, uh, just, I just want to chime in here and let me just look into the camera and say this, this is a listening season. So that means stop talking. Hmm. That means, uh, you know, when we actually take the step to actually like ask the Lord to speak and we get into those spaces, don't feel the need to fill it up with your own words. Right. And it's actually like some people just need to hear that is that, that when you get into me again, (laughs) listen, we all have it. Is just when we get into the space, I have learned more so over the last few years than ever before in my life, the value of shutting my own mouth Mm. in those spaces Mm -hmm. and actually like, you know, listening, listening and actually the silence uh, or it's, you know, the silence or if you have like some soft music on in the background or whatever in those times when you get alone with the Lord is to not talk. Yes. Like don't, wow. If you like, he's probably trying to say something and you can't hear it over the sound of your own voice. And so that's good. There's that's for me right there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Hey, one more, one more. I think that we, we would be remiss. That's not the word. Cover this yep. Yep. Um, is just the role of obedience, like simple obedience uh, in, yeah. in, in, in hearing and holding like, like actually, just just quickly doing what God asks. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd said, I'd forgot I'd written this, but when I, when I read it there earlier, just about how, you know, God doesn't have favorites, but he does have favor. And when we, when we quickly just obey what he, what he says, it does open. It's, it's the, it's a highway to increase, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like it's just, is, is doing what he said, you know, what role, how do you guys try to play to walk that out? I know none of us bat a thousand on the mm-hmm. obedience thing. But have you have you seen that as being a tool in helping you learn the voice of God? You know, times where God's spoken something to you, 
and you you blew him off mm-hmm. or times where he spoke something to you and you just went and did it like how what role have you seen obedience oh, be in in hearing well do you have another hour no uh, <laughs> <laughs> my bladder doesn't <laughs> no i just think that it's like that is part of the process and i think people um are afraid of failing and that yes, locks there locks them into inaction mm-hmm. right and so that that's actually twisted ways of thinking and actually there's a lie rooted in there that's called fear um that the lord actually loves faith right and you you know we've talked long enough that i you know the thing that i say that i've heard from someone else i didn't come up with this that that faith is spelled r-i-s-k right that it's actually in the working it out it's actually in the risk it's in the it's in the i think this is from the lord and therefore i'm going to communicate it it's it's the it's the the flipping of that uh, hebrews i think it's of hebrews 11 without faith it's impossible to please god so the f- the rewording of that is with faith mm. it's possible to please god right so it's the same truth just said in a different way that when i actually and we know that faith without works is dead. So when when the faith actually provokes action and we actually risk that stepping out in the, the act of obedience, whether or not that's that's whether or not that's with, you know, from me to you or it's from me to like taking a step like this is a decision that I'm going to make. It's in that act of that actually pleases God. And so like the fear of failure is such a lie and it's such a pervasive lie that mm. that is like that has lots of people and myself included locked in various ways that the lord wants to come in and free us of so it's actually like it's in the stepping out it's in in the actual yeah. the risk of it and the obedience because there's in obedience like why do i think that there's no risk involved in my obedience it's right. like it's, it's not yeah. like it's not biblical yeah. or anything yeah right there's lots of places there's there's story after story of we stepped out in faith and if mm-hmm. God didn't come through, we'd be sunk, but yet he did. Yes. Right. And so that's, that's our model. Right. And we, we like to keep it neatly tied in the stories yeah. in the, in the, in the stories that we read, yeah. but it's not, it's actually a real paradigm. It's a reality for us yeah, that when you. the Lord that's speaks good. to speaks to us, there is a response that he's looking mm-hmm. for there. When, mm-hmm. when he actually asks us to do something, we feel like it, that in the risk, whether or not it's exactly right, we get it right or perfect, the pleasure of God is yeah, on thank us. Thank you. Yeah, Getting good. it right's yeah. not the point. No, exactly. You're right. the, point exactly. the point is faith. And I think yeah. I think that like you can do let me say how let me be careful how I say this. You can actually do the wrong thing for the right reasons and please God. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like yeah. you can but you can but you can do you cannot do it, mm-hmm. and that there's you're guaranteed to not please God. <laughs> Listen, yeah. yeah, I, I gotta jump in on this because to me, my imposter self, my my fake self, is very well behaved. Mm-hmm. Like I can walk in disobedience to God, and it can be I can be living as my imposter, mm-hmm. and my behavior looks really good. Mm-hmm. Don't make him any mistakes. Mm-hmm. My real self, walking in obedience to God, can be kind of dangerous. Yes. Like I've mm-hmm. learned that the, my, my real me, actually taking the Word of God seriously, I am going to apply this. I might suck at it. This might not go well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it's a little dangerous to myself and sometimes to others. Sometimes yeah. it bothers other people when mm -hmm. I'm actually putting the Word of God into practice. Mm -hmm. But Christians have to become way more comfortable, maybe more content with the fact that this is going to get messy. Mm -hmm. Messy doesn't mean bad. Yeah, right. Sometimes mess actually means there's really good things happening. And, yes. But it is about being an imposter or being the authentic us. I'd much yeah. rather have Christians who in authenticity are going after applying God's word that I, because I'm going to get, I'm going to get to discover the real them. We yeah. get so used to living as the imposter version of us, yeah. but the imposter is often better behaved than yes. the real us. Yeah. And we we're kind yeah. of thin skinned when it comes to the religious church world. Like we, we don't have a lot of margin for the messiness yes. of like real people authentic people saying hey this is what god said to me and i'm going to try to work it out yeah. we're like okay let's do mm -hmm. it i think when it comes to obedience like ultimately i mean that's a great insight on on how this is going to flesh itself out it, it, it will inevitably be messy and risky mm -hmm. at the end of the day though i think god is looking god is looking at the motivations of the heart yes and whether you nail you nail the mm -hmm. activity or not yeah. It's not really about the activity. It's about it's about the it's about your heart yes. in doing it. And I think all three <laughs> mm -hmm. of us have kids who have tried to help us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it wasn't helpful. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it was so darn yeah. endearing mm -hmm. that you're just like I I'm drawn yeah, don't to Don't go you. anywhere. I Come love on. that yeah. you wanted yeah. to love Absolutely. me that way. Yeah. And I think that's how God treats us and mm -hmm. I I wonder if a lot of us as Christians are more we sin more often through omission than commission. Yeah, know? yes. Like we yeah. actually sin yeah. more often through just kind of holding back from oh, doing what we know would please God or doing the obedient thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, no, I didn't. I didn't get anything wrong. You know, religion yeah. wants to just to to keep it nice and neat and tidy as long as I don't do those things. Yeah. But God's actually calling us more towards the doing yeah. than the don'ting, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I think. If I just want you sense. to know that the yeah. imposter me is cringing while you say that. Yeah, I just so want you to know. We yeah. don't, the yeah. imposter me doesn't like hearing that stuff. Yeah. But it's so true. Yeah, I just so I, real. I've, I've said it. I've said it about our church, and I think it's true. I've said it at like preacher, pastors' conferences and stuff. Like that, I'm just convinced that God will God will bless faith-filled, God-honoring stupidity oh, man. Yeah. over <laughs> scarcity hey, mm -hmm. any day. Well, yep. The good news is that God is absolutely for the real you in Christ. Right. Yep. He is absolutely 100% with the real you. Mm -hmm. yep. Amen. Yep. Amen. Well, that seems like a good, a yeah. good, a good spot good. To, to end. Thank you, guys. Appreciate, yeah. uh, appreciate the time. You. And uh, thanks for listening. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you next time. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dan Lamus and Anthony Moore as we talked all about hearing the voice of God. If you haven't already subscribed, I'd sure appreciate if you did that. Maybe even leave a review. And hey, why not share it so someone else can hear as well? Have a great day, everybody.